Grace to you and peace from God our Father and from our risen and living Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Our sermon text this morning is from the second letter to the Corinthians, chapter 5, verses 1 to 10. For we know that if our earthly house, this tent, is destroyed, we have a building from God, a house not made with hands, eternal in the heavens. For in this we groan earnestly, desiring to be clothed with our habitation which is from heaven. If indeed, having been clothed, we shall not be found naked. For we who are in this tent groan, being burdened, not because we want to be unclothed, but further clothed, that mortality may be swallowed up by life. Now he who has prepared us for this thing is God, who also has given us the Spirit as a guarantee. So we are always confident, knowing that while we are at home in the body, we are absent from the Lord. For we walk by faith and not by sight. And we are confident, yet well pleased, rather to be absent from the body and to be present with the Lord. Therefore we make it our aim, whether present or absent, to be well-pleasing to him. For we must all appear before the judgment seat of Christ, that each one may receive the things done in the body according to what he has done, whether good or bad. So far the word of the Lord. Sanctify us by your truth, O Lord. Your word is truth. Amen. Some of you are probably familiar with the little blue fish named Dory from Pixar's Finding Nemo. That uh, fish had a, had a memory problem, right? That fish couldn't remember things very well, and when she didn't know where she was supposed to go, go or what she was supposed to be doing in the movie, she would just repeat the mantra, just keep swimming, just keep swimming. In our text, Paul reminds us that we walk by faith and not by sight. We often have a memory problem as well, forgetting the grace of our God, forgetting the promises that he has given to us, but even more often we have a, a sight problem, not being able to see that which is ahead, not being able to see further down the path, and, in, and indeed often it looks as if some other path, other than the one that God has directed us towards, might be the better one, that might be more fruitful for our life. And yet Paul reminds us we walk by faith, not by sight. Even when we can't see, even when we don't know where God's path is leading, we trust him and continue just to keep walking in the way that he has set before us. Those who walk by sight may or may not receive the fruit of their own strength, the fruit of their own plans. But those who walk by faith will receive the fruit of God's strength. One of the members here at Faith reminded me this last week how well the account of Jericho illustrates exactly what Paul is talking about here. At the siege of Jericho, the children of Israel were commanded by God to walk around the city for seven days and on the seventh to walk around it seven times. 
One can easily imagine how on the second or third or even on the seventh day, they may have been tempted to give up. After all, what were they accomplishing? What were they doing by walking around the city? They didn't see any results. It didn't seem as if God's directive was accomplishing anything. And yet they kept walking at God's command by faith, right? They kept doing that which didn't seem to be accomplishing anything, but which God had told them to do. And in the end, they received the promise. The walls of Jericho fell down. The city was taken without any harm to the people of Israel. Walking by faith led to the fulfillment of God's promises. If, if, if they had given in to temptation and said to themselves, well, this isn't doing any good, let's attack the city by ourselves. That's the way to do it. That's the way to accomplish our goal here is to maybe build some catapults and charge in head first. That's, that's walking by sight, right? That seems to be the way to do it. The result would have been disastrous. But because they continued by faith to do what God had said, they received the promise. It's easy in our own lives as well to be tempted to give up because it doesn't seem like the directives or the path that God has placed us on is producing the result that we desire. It's easy to be tempted to walk by sight, by what seems to be good, rather than by the commands of God. It may be that we've been trying for days, or weeks, or months, or even for years, we've been trying God's way, and yet we don't seem to be getting anywhere. And so that temptation is to, to give up on the promises of God and try things our own way as well, instead. Walking by sight, we may receive the result, the fruit of our own strength. Walking by faith, we receive the promises of God. One of those promises of God comes to us in Psalm 92, verses 13 to 15. Those who are planted in the house of the Lord shall flourish in the courts of God. They shall still bear fruit even in old age. They shall be fresh and flourishing to declare that the Lord is upright. He is my rock, and there is no unrighteousness in him. In these verses, the psalmist speaks of those who are planted in the house of God, who walk by faith. It's the, a different metaphor, but the same idea. Those who are planted in the word of God, who trust God. They, the psalmist says, glow, grow and flourish, and even specifically, and here is a, a wondrous thing indeed, they grow and flourish and even bear fruit in their old age. That's a rather astounding promise we have there from God, isn't it? Because it's so contrary to what we would believe based on our own sight, our own experience. Everything about this world teaches us that you no know, trees bear fruit when they're young, 
And when they get old, they stop bearing fruit. And everything about our experience in this life, we would think the same thing even about ourselves and about humans, that, oh, we're fruitful and useful, we can do things and accomplish things when we're young, and when we get old, maybe we're not so fruitful, or maybe we're not even so useful. That's certainly the attitude that most people in our society take. Oh, the, the elderly people are mostly useless youth. That's where strength is, and that's what matters. But God says, no. God says those who are planted in him, who walk by faith, bear fruit even in their old age. Because why? Because the strength, the power to bear that fruit isn't coming from themselves, but from God. And from that word of God in which they've walked their whole life. We have an excellent example here. We have the example of Abraham and Lot. Right? And Abraham and Lot, when they came to the promised land, Abraham said to Lot, okay, we need to go and live in different spots because we're too, we have too many cattle to, to live together. So you, Lot, you go ahead and choose which portion, which land you're going to live in, and I'll take the other, and that's fine. And Lot looked, and he said, okay, this land, this is the good land. This is the better land, so I'm going to take that. He chose by sight, didn't he? He looked around and said, okay, what's going to be best by human reason? I'm going to take that land. And in the end, Lot lost everything. He ended up living in a cave alone with his two daughters, lost all of his wealth, all of his possessions. But Abraham chose by faith. He said to Lot, it doesn't matter. I can take any land and go. I know the Lord will take care of me and provide for me. I don't need to choose the best land. And even when he was very old, he bore fruit. In fact, he bore that fruit of Isaac. Even when he was 100 years old, he received that promise, walking by faith. Uh, our sight, our reason would have us believe, okay, yeah, we bear fruit better when we're young. That's the time to do things. But walking by faith, we bear fruit to God better sometimes when we're older. After all, what fruit is it that God's looking for? God's not looking for the fruit of, you know, who can win the strongman contest. He's looking for the fruit of patience, of love, of prayer, of commitment to his word. And having lived our whole lives walking by faith, living our lives in his word, we bear more and more fruit even in our old age. Isaiah 40, 30 to 31. Even the youth shall faint and be weary, and the young men shall utterly fall, but those who wait on the Lord shall renew their strength. Psalm 92 specifically pointed out one of the ways in which we bear fruit to God even when we're older. It says that they will declare that the Lord is upright. And certainly after living our lives, walking by faith, when we're older we, have, we are able to bear witness to the grace and power of God, to all the wonderful things he's done in our life. And in that way, that's one of the ways uh, in which we can bear fruit. God, the society says, oh, 
old people, they're out of touch. But God's word tells us something different. It says, by his power, by his strength, even in our old age, we can bear fruit walking by faith, not by sight. Another example of walking by faith and not by sight comes to us from our gospel reading. And there we heard the parable of the man who scattered seed, and he went and he slept, and he got up and slept again, and the seed grew. And Jesus says he himself did not know how. And so Jesus there is talking about the kingdom, that we preach the word of God, and that word of God bears fruit. That word of God grows by the power of God, even if it doesn't seem to us the best way to grow God's kingdom. It's done by his power and his grace, and not by our knowledge, our wisdom, or our ability. This last week we had a delegates conference over in, in Fond du Lac, and once again, and this topic comes up probably once or twice a year, almost every year since I've been in the ministry, but this topic came up again at delegates conference, what about contemporary worship styles? Is it okay to, to worship the way that the big churches do? And so there was a discussion about what, what we call contemporary worship styles versus traditional worship styles. Contemporary obviously means new. Traditional means old. Well, the problem with that whole discussion is that old or new is not really what matters, is it? We can find hymns that are in 21st century style music that are good and proclaim God's word and proclaim Christ. And we can find hymns that were written in the 16th century that are not good and do not proclaim Christ. It's not the style of music that matters. And the same thing for the worship as well. It's not the style of worship or even the instrument that matters. We like our organ and it's, it's great, it's very useful. Now we could praise God with a guitar as well, and we do, do do that sometimes here. But the whole problem that's the whole problem with the discussion is that we keep framing it as new versus old, when in fact that's not really what the difference is or where the heart of the problem is. The heart of the problem is not new versus old, but the heart of the problem is sacramental versus enthusiastic. A sacramental worship is one that focuses on the sacraments and the word of God. Because we know we have those promises in God's word that this is how he comes to us. And this is how we grow in the faith. By hearing God's word and by using the sacraments. But an enthusiastic service, and that term enthusiastic has a very specific meaning in theology. <clears throat> but here it's fine, you can just use it the way it sounds. It means about the same thing anyway. Those, who, those worship services that focus more on the emotion and making sure people feel what they would say, feel the spirit, feel the enthusiasm, and that's their goal. And so those who follow such worship services, they're not walking by faith, are they? They walk, they walk by sight because they say, look, reading God's word, well, that's boring. People aren't going to come to church if you're just reading God's word. And they say, oh, the sacraments, those don't do anything. <clears throat> That's just a, a ritual that people go through, but there's no power in them. So they're, they're looking at the church service by their own wisdom, by their own sight. And they're saying, well, what do we have to do to grow God's kingdom? We have to make sure that people feel enthusiasm. We have to make sure that they 
are, are rejoicing and that, and that we manipulate their emotions to really get excited, and that's how we're going to grow God's kingdom. So they're focused on what they think is going to grow God's kingdom instead of focusing on God's word and God's promises. Now, we could take everything that they do, or a lot of the things that they do, right? We could put a, a stage up here instead of an altar, and we could have the guitar or the, the band instruments, <coughs> and we, I could come up here dressed in, in skinny jeans instead of a robe, and it's not a, I'm not saying it's a good idea. It's certainly not a good idea. I don't think anyone wants to see me in skinny jeans. <coughs> it's not a wise idea. We could do all of that and still focus on God's word, the reading of the word, and the sermon could still be focused on Christ and the law and the gospel and his promises, and we would still be focused on that word and the sacraments, and so it would still be a good service. Maybe not a wise one, but it still could be a good service. And in fact, those from the mega churches, if we tried that, if they came in to see our service, they'd probably tell us, no, you're doing it all wrong. Even though you have the guitar and, and the stage like we do, it's not the same thing. And it's not. Because our goal is not to make sure that you guys are jumping up and down in, in the pews, but our goal is to hear the word of God to hear the long gospel, to hear Jesus, about Jesus Christ who saved us, to receive the sacraments. Walking by faith. Those things might not seem to be as exciting, or they might not seem to be doing as much by sight, but we have those promises of God, like we do in that gospel reading, that this is how God grows his kingdom, and that the power of God is there in those readings. Paul reminds us in 2 Timothy 3, 5, they have a form of godliness. By sight, it appears to be a good thing to our rationale, but they deny its power. They're denying the power of God and the promises. At the end of our Old Testament reading, we have this verse, and it's such a powerful verse, Ezekiel 17, 24. I, the Lord, have spoken it and have done it. And that verse really brings out very vividly the power of God's word, doesn't it? Because God says, I've spoken it, and therefore it's done. As soon as it's said, it's done. In fact, if you look at different translations of Ezekiel 17.24, you'll see there's some confusion. Is this supposed to be a present tense verb, or is it supposed to be a future tense verb? So some translated, I have done it, and some translated, I will do it. And in the context, it's clear that God is talking about a future occurrence. He's talking about the coming of the Messiah, who hasn't come yet, and that the Lord is going to send his son, and he's going to establish his, his church uh, through the death and resurrection of his son. And so the context says, okay, yeah, God is talking about a future event. I will do it. But the grammar of the verse itself is that present tense, it is already done. Because God has spoken it, and therefore it is accomplished. And so God's word, God promises, God's promises are accomplished in our life as well. Even if we haven't, can't see the result yet. Even if it, it seems to us as though following God's word and walking his path isn't accomplishing as much as we'd like it to do. We have that promise from God, and so we continue just keep walking, or if you're a fish, you just keep swimming by God's promise, knowing the result, the end that we receive, the grace of God, the 
promise of his salvation, knowing that our sins are forgiven, even when we can't see that in our life, even when we still feel guilty about our sins, we know they're forgiven by Christ Jesus, knowing that salvation is ours, even though we can't see heaven yet, it is already accomplished because God has spoken it. And so we walk by faith and not by sight. Amen. The peace of God that surpasses all understanding shall keep your hearts and minds.